Hello, and welcome to Playability, where we hold conversations at the crossroads of gameplay and accessibility. I'm your host, Rebecca Strang, and I'm joined today by Ryan Lockett of Red Raven Games. Ryan and the Red Ravens crew have had a successful Kickstarter for Ancient World's 2nd Edition, and they're gearing up for a campaign for Sleeping Gods. Welcome to the show, Ryan. Thank you. Happy to be here. Glad to have you. So let's first talk a little bit about Ancient World 2nd Edition. I know that you guys wrapped up a successful Kickstarter for that in September, and you've been working on production for that. And I saw your last update for the game files, and those looked great. So can you tell our listeners a little bit about Ancient World 2nd Edition, what's new with this edition, and a little bit of the development path and the play style of the game? Yeah, thanks. So the Ancient World came out, I think, in 2014. So it's been, it actually seems like a lot longer than that to me, but uh, <laughs> just because our company has changed so much since the game came out, but it, this was a chance for us to revisit the game. And, you know, I had been working on expansion ideas for the game for years and things kind of came together this year. And so I was excited to jump in and work on that again. So basically, for those who haven't seen the ancient world, it is a, it's sort of a quick civilization worker placement style game where it takes place in this ancient land that is overrun by these giant monsters and so every player is a different city state and you are trying to build up your your city state to uh, fight these titans and you're trying to attract different tribes that live in this world and so you do that by building buildings and by attacking the titans and there's sort of a balance you can sort of focus on one or the other or do sort of a mix of both of them mm mm-hmm. Yeah, and some of the so one of the new things we decided to do with the ancient world is that when we sat down to play the ancient world again, one of the things that I noticed was that the titans were fairly static in the first edition. So thematically, they're supposed to be attacking the land and destroying things, but they kind of just sit up in the corner and you just go and hunt them. And so we thought, okay, you know, I, I, for a while I worked on ways to make the titans feel a little bit uh, a little bit more aggressive and so now in the game they actually attack the players there's sort of a, a titan that is your threatening titan that sits mm. on your player board and um if you don't take care of it by the end of the round then it will attack you and <laughs> yeah now one interesting thing in the game is there's a new resource called ambrosia and um you can actually use this resource to perform special actions but you can also use it to feed the titans and if you feed it to them, then they will not attack you. So you can sort of have a, a pet titan kind of hanging out on your board. <laughs> um, Just make sure they're not that's hungry. The, that, that's kind of the new. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 fun to see players sort of decide whether to fight them or feed them. <laughs> so, yeah, although they, they get more hungry over time. So if you if you like keep feeding them, then it almost becomes just unmanageable by the end of the game. Kind of like so real pets. Like, well, yes, like real pets. It's true. <laughs> that definitely sounds exciting. I haven't played the first version, but I did back the second one. So I'm looking forward to getting a chance to check that out. <laughs> oh, great. Thanks. Um, and then I know you're working on Sleeping Gods, which is going to be a new campaign that you're working on. So what can you tell us about that right now? So I, it is a game I've been working on for a very long time. So it's an open world game, and I've been working on it since um, uh, July 2017. At that time, it actually had a different name, 
and it had a slightly different theme, but it's still been the same open world thing I've been trying to tackle. I mean, it's it's been a very difficult, uh, at least for me, it's a, it's a totally different style of game than I have designed up to this point. And so I've it, it almost in some ways feels like I've had to start from scratch and just come up with so many new ways to do everything in the game, you know, come up with new mechanisms and new, Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's a, it's actually a co-op game in the game. You and your crew are on this ship. It's in the 1920s and you get whisked away to this other world and lost in this other world. And you have to wander around and figure out how to get home. And, um, so in the game, everybody helps control the ship and the crew and uh, you work together to survive and search, go to different islands. There's a lot of, you have to sail around to the different islands. And uh, it's actually a campaign game. It's it's actually one giant long game. It's just that you can stop and save your game a little bit like The Seventh Continent. Oh, cool. And I was reading a little bit about it on the page on Board Game Geek. And can you tell us a little about how the book it sounded like there was travel and you're traveling across a page and you're flipping pages to keep going is that correct yeah that's true so if you've seen near and far it has an atlas and Mm -hmm. uh every time you play you you play on a different page of the atlas but in this one you can just sort of keep going so if you it's actually just one giant board (laughs) it's just that the (laughs) atlas keeps it smaller so if you get to the edge of the page, you just it tells you what page to turn to. You turn that page and you just keep going. That is really cool. <laughs> yeah, so it, it's it is it's really cool. It's a cool concept and it's finally starting to really come together now. But I tell you, it's been one of the challenges is that it's really hard to um make the mechanisms work in that in that setting. Like, you know, make everything interesting even though you can venture any way you want to and go as far as you want to, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's, I've had to think about the, you know, the way I design games differently. And so as far as your design process, and I know you do the art for your games as well. And a lot of people, when, when we see threads on, you know, on Facebook groups or on board game geek, and we're talking about inclusive art in board games, your work comes up a lot as games that are very thoughtful with character representation. And can you talk a little bit about what goes into your design process on the game design and the art design side for you? Yeah, so that's uh, encouraging to hear that. I do think (laughs) games can be more inclusive. And uh, so I do make an effort to try to, to do that because I want my games to be appealing to lots of different people. And I think that's an important part of that. And to be, you know, to be frank, so many games just for years have have left so many groups of people out. So I would say I've, I've tried to do that also with Sleeping Gods. So the crew on the ship is a very diverse cast of characters from many parts of the world. One cool thing about this that's been, I feel like it's stretched us a little bit, but it's also been fun is that since this crew is from Earth, we can sort of, we've sort of picked different places that everyone's from and we can come up with their history. And, and uh, so that's been, that's been fun uh, to do that. Awesome. And are there any other decisions you make in your design process aside from the art and character that you do with accessibility in mind? Um, I also want my games to be accessible to 
Well, okay. So I personally, I like playing games with my family. That's always what I've done. That's been my favorite part of playing games um, growing up. Played mm-hmm. a lot of the classics, you know, and and uh, or and when I say classics, you know, a lot of the mass market stuff. But it, <laughs> you know, the the fun stuff, the the fun memories were that we were sitting there together as a family. And so whenever I design games, I try to make decisions about content where, um, you know, the whole family can experience this, these stories and these worlds together. So I think that that's definitely part of it. And then part of it is just, I, I personally like colorful, not as gritty settings. I mean, there sometimes I do like the gritty setting, but uh, mm-hmm. my games generally are more on the uh, family-friendly sort of sense of wonder side, I guess I could say. Yeah, and I think that definitely shows through in your work. It's very, the sense of wonder is a good term for the aesthetic that you have. And it's just gorgeous. Like all all of your work is gorgeous. Oh, thank you. (laughs) So with Ancient World, what is your favorite part of that game that you think is going to be memorable for players? So I really like the... um... I think it's the, the Titans. I mean, I like all the diverse, <laughs> weird creatures that sort of I came up with for the game and and how they interact with players. I feel like this time the, the theme is more immersive. So, mm-hmm. you know, just the fact that you can attack a Titan or you can feed a Titan. Also, what's interesting is the Titans, they have different, um, they're a little bit more varied now. So like they have different attacks. And so one might destroy your district or one might just make you know you might lose a coin and so they have a lot of different uh, varied things on them but i would say also with the ancient world when i came up with this my goal was to create a, a lush sort of mythical setting and just do tons of artwork i would say this game has probably more unique pieces of artwork than any game i've worked on like it has so many different titans and so many different buildings and landscapes and and different paintings and this time I actually repainted all of the citizens in the game, all the different players' workers, and they're a lot more detailed and they belong to different factions. So we've sort of fleshed out the world quite a bit. Awesome. And for people who missed out on the Kickstarter for that, are you doing pre-orders for that right now? We actually did do pre-orders for a while and we I'm sad to say we just closed them. So... <laughs> <laughs> No worries. Um, yeah, but we never do anything, at least for this Kickstarter, uh, nothing was like exclusive. And so at a later time, people, if they missed out on like maybe the metal coins, there'll be an opportunity to get those later. Great. And then same question for Sleeping Gods. What can people look forward to that's going to draw them into that game? So Sleeping Gods is uh, when I started designing it, the number one goal was to make something that was very immersive. That's at the top of the list, immersive game. So every decision I've made in the game has been, how do I make this feel more immersive? Or how do I make players feel like they are in this setting? And that the all of the mechanisms make sense for the things that you're doing in the game. So, you know, sometimes I, I design games with sort of a mechanical focus, and we put a theme on it. And, um, Sometimes I design games more with a, a setting focus, and I would say this is that. One other thing I've, I'm trying to do with this game is, um, so you start with a crew of characters. At the start of the game, you have eight characters. And these characters, 
you know, they have personalities and they say things in the paragraphs, which is different than our past storybook games like Near and Far and Above and Below. Mm-hmm. The Most of the time, the characters you're playing, they don't have dialogue. I mean, there is character mode in Near and Far, and so there is some of that in, in that mode. But this time, we're trying to weave the characters more into all the stories uh, in the whole game. So it's it's more like, it, I'm hoping that it will feel more like reading a novel. That sounds pretty awesome. <laughs> and then when are you planning to have that campaign launch? You know, we're still deep in uh, development for that game, so it probably won't be ready until... I want to say mid next year, but I, <laughs> I I hesitate to say anything at all. But I think I'm pretty safe saying that. Okay. Um, yeah. And then for people who want to stay up to date with news about Red Raven Games and your future projects, where can they find you online? You can uh, follow Red Raven Games on Twitter. It's at Red Raven Game. And then if you go to our website, which is redravengames.com, you can sign up for our newsletter. And every time we do a new Kickstarter project or we release a new game, we send out a newsletter. So that's really the best way to keep up with all of all the news that we're for, for Red Raven. Sounds good. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today and talking with us about those games. They sound excellent, and I'm looking forward to both of them. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, it's been great. All right. And for our listeners, if you have any questions or comments you would like to share with us, please email us at playabilitypod at gmail.com or find us on major social media platforms at playabilitypod. Thanks again for listening. And I hope this episode helps you play with a new perspective. <laughs>